Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Cavs a podcast. I'm Nate Smith with uh, with O'Reliable here, uh, Evil Genius. The genius of evil. Uh, he's been on the last three podcasts. I, well, I was, was kind of on the he last was kind one, of on the last really. one. We had uh, the uh, the Evil Genius Bot 5000 was uh, Stephen Stephen Haw- Stephen Hawking 2.0. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Evil Hawking, which I hope you were laughing as hard as we were. Oh man, I was. I, I wish you guys could have heard me because I I couldn't stop laughing. At some yeah, point. especially thought, when Tom, especially when Tom couldn't stop laughing because that was that that's that's just gleeful. That's just gleeful stuff. Hey, Tom is Tom is a good Tom has a good laugh. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but the Cavs coming off of their 13th straight win, franchise record. Yeah. Uh, 101-95 against the uh, Sacramento Kings, and it was much closer than the final score. I mean, the, it was neck and neck the whole game. The Cavs rode a. 28 to 17. Uh, yeah, they were down. Quarter. Yeah, they were down 14 in the third. At one I mean, point. They were down most of the game, really. I mean, really, yeah. they. I don't think they got the lead back until the fourth quarter, did they? Yeah, they they allowed a 35 point second quarter, and then uh, and then they were looking pretty pretty moribund in the third. Before uh, what kind of sparked them in the third? Well, Kyle Korver went off, and was that and in it, the third or was that in the I fourth? Think, or maybe that was in the fourth. Yeah, I, know. I, I thought we got some Chetty hustle plays in the third. Yeah, well, just one. It was right at the end of the third because yeah. because for whatever reason, uh, Ty Lou decided to play LeBron for the first like thirty-two minutes of the game. <laughs> So, uh, so he got like a minute's worth of rest, and Chetty came in and made a really good hustle play to keep a keep a possession alive. But then, uh, uh, then kind of DOA messed around and and got him the ball pretty late, and then he and Chetty missed a a three, but not by much. And not by it was much. Still it was a good look, decent shot. Yeah. So yeah, he had uh, had some nice defensive moments. Um, I guess the Corver fours were. I guess they were in the in the fourth, but it yeah. seemed like it was the third. I guess the third was really just Jeff Green. Jeff Green running the floor, playing yeah. in the post. Uh, some uh, and really, LeBron. I mean, uh, LeBron yeah, really LeBron kind of woke some, up. In the, yeah, yeah, he did. I think he got tired of kind of because LeBron. I but you. It's funny because you talk about him playing the first thirty-two minutes. And, you know, LeBron had 41 in the game, but there were many points in the first half, especially early on, when he didn't even get over half court on defense. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we've talked about that a lot, that that LeBron, yeah, he's playing the 40-plus minutes sometimes, but half the time, half of those minutes are just, you know, taking it easy minutes, like yeah. like you said, like, like not getting, yeah, chill mode, not getting back 
on defense really not really not really doing much i mean he hit a weird it's really strange because he almost had a triple double but he almost had a quadruple double with the seven turnovers he was throwing some really kind of strange passes tonight oh, he but, threw a lot of bad passes tonight and even late they yeah. had uh two terrible lebron passes one tried to throw this uh alley-oop to jeff green and just clanked it off the bottom of the rim on the pass yeah. and yeah. then what was the other one before that that kind of weak i oh I yeah like uh, kind of like drop pass to JR, I think. Yeah, I think um, it was JR or Corver maybe in the yeah, lane. Yeah, and it was oh yeah, he tried to force it to Corver on a cut. Yeah, and I was like, and it was like, what are you doing, dude? It's Corver. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's, unless he's wide open, you don't throw it to him on a cut. I mean, he'll he'll <laughs> he'll make a cut a game. You know, yeah. cuts us, we'll get there. But he, yeah. uh, but it's and not gonna, it's next, not his. The normal. next possession after that, they got really lucky. Because Jeff Green and Dwayne Wade should have turned it over, but it was, and it was clearly to me off, uh, not Jeff Green, uh, Channing Fry, off Channing Fry, and uh, the Cavs got a lucky call. So oh, yeah. they would have had three straight turnovers there. But yeah, the Cavs really broke the game open in the early fourth when Kyle Korver hit three threes in about a minute and a half. Not even. It was like a minute nine. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. And it was just like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and no, two he's of them, instant offense when, yeah. when they can get him open like that and get him going. Yeah, and he just absolutely needed no room on a couple of them. I mean, he had about an inch of space on one uh, with a yeah. guy closing out on him. And, and give the Kings credit. They played a good game. Um, you know, the Cavs were led in plus minus by Kyle Korver, but, you know, he was probably one for five and, you know, one for four in the first half from three. And, yeah. um, no, and, he heated up. And then, yeah. and LeBron outdid him with that, with, with his threes in the second half, too. I mean, Corner was four of eight. And LeBron was five of eight, including that, that dagger at the end. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, I was talking in the thread about it. I was sort of wondering out loud, is LeBron the, the Cavs' best three point shooter? And it's close. I mean, yeah, Corbin's, Corbin's, right Corbin's a couple better. No, Corbin's like 43. Corbin's, uh, yeah. yeah, 43 and a half. But LeBron's uh, creeping up on him. He's 41.6 now. So And and Love really struggled from the, uh, the three-point yeah, beyond night. Yeah, one, yeah. one for six. Just kind of could never, never really had him dropping. And they weren't going to him inside much. No, but he was seven, what, what, six, ten inside. Yeah, and he and he got to the line a couple times, and he had thirteen more rebounds. Yeah, I kind of felt so he like did because the Jakar Sampson kid from from uh, who also went to St. V's was like had sixteen boards on the night. Yeah, and a a big one late where he tipped in a uh, ball on a uh, Zach Randolph miss. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, it was a really nice tip. I they. Yeah, it almost looked like Kevin tipped it in, but it was no, Jakar. It was just Jakar's really long fingers. So yeah, yeah Jakar Sampson had a really nice game. Uh, it was strange. Uh, Zach Randolph started tonight after coming off the bench for the last couple of games, and um, well, I think it's because Collie Stein was, was hurt, out. was yeah. out, and they've had a, they had a few guys injured yeah. on the front line. But yeah, I mean, normally that I mean that's why they're the number one scoring bench in the league yeah. um, because Randolph usually comes off the bench. Plus, you got Frank Mason and. Bogdanovich and, and Heat, Buddy Heels and Carter, yeah, yeah, Vince Carter. So they got a nice, yeah, they got a nice, um, 
you know, bench, obviously. And so it was kind of like strength versus strength tonight. The, mm-hmm. the benches went at it. Um, I still think the Cavs came out on top, though. I have to add it up. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Here, let's see. Uh, I would bet between Corver and Jeff Green that they came out on top. Yeah. Bench full, full team stats. Let's see. Uh, they have- this is this is why people turn into this podcast is yeah I know just, just stats listening the yeah, stats <laughs> looking it up. I always like when Tom's on he has the real clicky keyboard and <laughs> yeah yeah the the blue yeah the hot blue keys yeah <laughs> I don't have team usually they do have that but oh well I'll just I'll just add it up by hand I'll use my Whoa. abacus. Whoa, Derek going old school on us. Yeah. EG going Let's old see. school. Uh, so, um, <laughs> carry the three. <laughs> I know. Seriously. <laughs> so they had 50 points from their bench. I, I don't know. Their no, the Cavs didn't have that. They had 41. Uh, yeah, 41. Yeah. So uh, like a lot of points. Well, Frank, I mean, Mason and Heal, I mean, really kind of went off and then they, they got some nice points from the other guys too, but. Yeah, but I mean the Cavs kind of hero of the game. Obviously LeBron James, but also Jeff Green. I mean, just yeah. doing what he's Jeff Green's doing. the only guy that that had any energy at all in the first half. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was running the floor. He was, I, I, I he was just awesome. Yeah, uh, if you seventeen points in twenty four minutes. So, and then yeah, Kyle Korver brought in the second half. Dwayne Wade's his shot was way off tonight. He well, yeah, one of the few real off games for. D Wade lately, although he's still plus seven. I mean, he yeah, still he had six. Plus seven and he played decent defense. Yeah, yeah, he had some nice uh, lobs to Green yeah. and Don Corbin on one or two. Way too many jump shots, kind of out of rhythm. Two a six from the free throw line, one a five from the field. He was he was pretty cold. But um, he had, um, I mean, I, I mean, I feel like with between Heald and Carter, like they they play some pretty good. Pretty good defense, and Garrett Temple's pretty long too. So, you know, and I think they put—I'm pretty sure they put Mason on him a couple of times too. And he's pretty—he's pretty tough defensively. So, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it's just just an off game for D Wade. Just just the the buckets weren't there for him, but you know, other guys picked it up. Yeah, and and the Kings are kind of an interesting team. I don't understand what they're doing there with Zach Randolph and Vince Carter and. Uh, and, I mean, it's a team Hill. in transition. It's a yeah. team in transition. I think you know they have. I think you're. You've said it. That they'll probably look to move George Hill at the deadline if they can. I I really like point. his game. I think he would be a fantastic fit for the Cavs. Yeah, um, I don't think how they afford him, but you know. Well, they're they're you know I really feel like the uh, the Kings need a power forward slash center that can't shoot but can run the floor really well and rebound and and they have that salary car samson what, what, what? and willie collie stein so yeah that's true but uh they need another one <laughs> so they need maybe, another one. Maybe, and uh, and a wing that and a wing that thinks he's a point guard yeah there you go so who can't dribble. who can't dribble and it's funny because a lot you know Channing Fry was included in a lot of these trade discussions earlier in the season, and now it's like can't imagine Wade. he would be now. I I don't know if the Cavs want to trade him, but the other side of that is he's actually a guy that could actually have some value now for a team trading for him 
you know, yeah. he, he could help. But he's him. almost kind of the perfect guy for, for the second, second unit though. You know what I mean? Well, and, and more so than Tristan. Oh, absolutely. And the, but the thing about him is he could play with any lineup too. When you can shoot, you can play either the, either big position and, you know, you, you do enough, um, finishing wise and rolling wise to keep defenses honest. I mean, you can play if you get a team that knows how well, to use you. He's excelled at that this year too. Yeah. Probably more than, than we've seen him in, in the recent past at the, at finishing around the room. He had a really nice left-handed kind of oh, yeah. hanging the air up and under finish tonight that I was like, wow, that's Channing Fry doing that move. I mean, that yeah, looked and, like, and he should have gotten an one on it. Should have. <laughs> yeah. But I've also been really impressed with his defense lately too. I mean, yeah. He's, he's taken the challenge against some of these bigger, players and you know his reputation so much last year was like he was just a sieve on defense but uh, uh i don't know if he just worked harder out this year or if he's just more comfortable he with the, the lineups like he, out there or? he looks like he came into camp in really good shape and he's yeah. played as well into really played his way i mean didn't seem out of shape at all this season i think that helps a ton when you're that age sure. um and, and he just seems ready to roll every time. He's a very smart player. Um, you know, situationally, the switch everything kind of thing is, is good for them. I don't know if it's going to work in the playoffs where they can well, isolate you. it'll work in the you playoffs know. until the finals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, well, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. Um, now, I see Doris is uh, interviewing KD right now. So... They must have won. They did. They won uh, with their even without Steph and without Draymond. Yeah, yeah. That KD they were playing 30, Charlotte. Thirty Charlotte tonight. Charlotte, the great pretender. <laughs> Charlotte finding out that signing Dwight Howard is a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, Dwight Howard, the uh, team chemistry wrecking ball. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually had a good year, but but yeah, yeah. but they're worse. They are worse. <laughs> They're, they're well, much... Kemba's, but Kemba's been in and out of the lineup with injuries, and MKG still can't really shoot, and Batum was out for a while. So, I mean, I still would imagine Charlotte will – they'll be one of those teams that has to make a real decision at the trade deadline if they're going to go for it or, or – yeah. or But this is kind of the team Charlotte has been for the last 15 years. So, True. <laughs> you True. Know, borderline – you know, they, were right they ever good? I mean, I guess what was it when they were the Bobcats? When they were the Bobcats, or no, they were never good. They had one year where Gerald Wallace was really good, and he got a really big contract, and then it was a giant albatross. <laughs> so, yeah, um, oh, we'll have to talk about that later, though. But the because the, the Sonics may be getting their team back. No, I haven't heard this. You'll have to. The um, there's a big thing two days ago. I want to say where the city passed. Uh, a bill to renovate the the old key key center to get it ready for to potentially have a team in 2020. Oh, okay. Are they talking about an expansion? Yeah, expansion team. Oh. I would imagine. I mean, although they'd have to do two expansion teams, right, to not, make it even. Uh, not necessarily. I mean, they could they could make it uneven. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. That's true. I guess with the basketball schedule, it doesn't matter. It's like you're, like you're playing, yeah, it's playing not, every night. It's not football where you got, yeah. you know. <laughs> 16 teams make the playoffs. I don't think one more missing is going to be that big of a deal. But yeah. Although I, I do kind of feel like 
and this may be a discussion later, you know, is the NBA watered down? Um, I I really feel like, I mean, this winning streak by the Cavs has been great, but they've beaten a lot of really bad teams. And yeah, I think that somebody said they'd only beaten two teams with with winning records on the streak. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to this lottery reform. Um, Mm. I'm I'm hoping that it will help change things, but I almost part of me wonders if it's going to make it worse. <laughs> I think it'll make it worse, to be honest. I mean, I, you know, look, it took a, it took a, a few years with Philly, but at least they're they're decent now. Like, you know, and and without you gotta you gotta say, I mean, look, I, I'm certainly not a big Sam Hinkie fan or or any of that, but and, and the whole process thing. But the truth is, if Embiid hadn't been hurt, and you know. They, they, I mean, they, they had some pretty, pretty significant injuries along the way. So, you know, took another, an extra couple of years probably than that they wouldn't have, wouldn't have had. But, you know, they still, they still are in a place where they, they're, they'll be a better team now for the future. Even, even if Markel Fultz doesn't pan out, um, they'll still be better. Yeah. No, I, I, and I'll agree with you. I mean, they have, I mean, Embiid could be as good. You know, the sky's kind of the limit for him right now. We don't know what his ceiling is. So, yeah. um, you know, they, they're going to be really good. And the problem is there's so many teams that just seem like, you know, fodder throughout the season. I mean, we watched sure. the Bulls the other night. They're abysmal. <laughs> they're just, they just seem like a really bad team. And then, well, that's what the East has kind of become, though. Too. Yeah. I mean, people say, "Well, the East is so much better this year," and that, it's not untrue. But a lot of that has to do with the fact that the Cavs are still there, and the the Celtics have been uh, a real, almost well, say, say surprise, but they've they've certainly been consistent. And you know, you've got a lot of, but a lot of those teams kind of reside in that in that like five hundred and slightly above or slightly below range. Mm-hmm. And it's getting worse in the West too. I mean, yeah, the West, the, the difference between the haves and the have-nots is still pretty great. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, it's. I mean, it's still early, but New Orleans is in the eighth spot with a five hundred record. Oklahoma City right behind them, and then you know, two and a half games back of that, you got the Clippers who are eight and fourteen. You know, but they're right outside of the playoffs, so. It, you can't imagine them making it, the, the, especially with their injuries now. No, I and I would think they're going to look to, you know, make some trades. I would be shocked if they didn't try to move. Um, oh, who's their guard? Lou Williams, and uh, right. you know, move move some guys to, and possibly DeAndre Jordan, who's also in a contract year. Um, yeah, seems like it. Yeah, so I'd be shocked if they didn't make that move, but uh, you know, and you got the Lakers who um <laughs> will Well, they were pretty good until their recent five yeah. game losing. Well, they're going to live and die with Lonzo Ball's struggles and, you know, I kind of called it at the beginning of the year, he's a guy that's going to struggle, but yeah. He he's got a I I don't know if long term he has I think he's going to be a good complementary player. Uh, but I don't see him as being, you know, a great star at any point. He's going to be a really good passer for a long time, and that that might be his ceiling. Yeah, you know, Kyle Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma will be a better player, and I know people have said that, and he yeah. has been already. But yeah, he has. 
he's uh you know and again you get that's value you know a guy who's a second round pick who nobody really paid attention to comes in and you know he's a knockdown shooter yeah yeah um well should we finish the game for tonight <laughs> yeah we're just kind of going off on a tangent but that's all right yeah so um the game tonight zach randolph kind of led the way for the kings um Although led the way is saying, I mean, he had 18 points on 20 shots, which is really not not all that efficient. No, no. but uh, they ran a lot of offense through him, and he did have six That's assists true. and no turnovers. And, and uh, ten boards. You know, ten boards, eight of 20 from the field. Uh, he didn't go to the line a lot, but Cavs did a really good job of, you know, at least in the second half of playing him for his uh, left shoulder. playing yeah. <laughs> Because there was a couple times – early in the third and in the first half where Kevin Love just forgot he was left-handed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was like, why are you sitting on the wrong hand? And yeah. uh, once they made that adjustment, they guarded him a lot better. And he's a guy that, you know, the way he is now, he could come into the league at probably 45 years old and drop double-digit points just because oh, he yeah. has that bully ball game. But you've got to, you know, make him be a defender and make him defend in space. But, you know, gives that credit. He hustles. Um, he's he's earning his money. He's not sitting there collecting. Yeah, no, he still know. gets after it. Yeah, he still gets sure. after it. And uh, so I he, was kind of like, I was a little bit like puzzled with the because people have been raving about Aaron Fox, and I, you know, I, he, I was really paying attention to him tonight, and I thought for a guy that quick to not be able to expose the the Cavs point guard deficiency right now is is strange. He was really passive tonight and I was very surprised that they didn't clear out and let him isolate on uh Calderon early and just mm-hmm. try and uh and push the ball, but the Cavs did a good job of getting back on defense for the most part, kept him contained. Uh, they kept him very contained. I mean, six points, uh, four turnovers, only two assists in 28 minutes. Uh, you you can't you can't really play a starting point guard better than that in yeah. the NBA. So well, the guys uh, that did real damage were Mason and uh, and Heald. Yeah, um, Heald had Mason a- Mason from the inside and Heald from the outside. Yeah, I, although you know only two three pointers and then a lot of long twos. Um. That's but true. yeah, I mean they. But they, Mason got to the rack and got to the line quite a bit too. Yeah, from six to ten. Yeah, I've, no, I was talking about healed from the outside. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. No, Mason. Mason had a nice game. Um, that was the knock on healed even in college and and with the Pelicans was that you know he, he you know he thinks he's a three point shooter but he's not really. I mean it's not not terrific from there and he tends to shoot the long twos and fall into that into that game so. Well, and a lot of people, he, you know, the the thing on him was, well, he should be a little bit more like uh, Beal in that his shooting form looks good and he, he's got the mechanics, but for whatever reason, he wasn't a great three-point shooter in college. And, well, Beal has figured it out, but Buddy Heald hasn't, hasn't figured that yeah. out yet. So maybe he will, but he also came out as, was he a senior or a junior when he came out? He was an upper I think he was a junior. I think he was yeah. a junior when he came out. But yeah, so, uh, but no, give the give the Kings credit though. I mean, they've got Dave Yeager, who's a good defensive coach, and they were. It, it struck me how much they were getting back on defense, even it, it, especially in transition on the Cavs, uh, and preventing the Cavs from getting a lot of easy buckets. I mean, there were still some 
some lobs and some Jeff Green dunks, but um, but really, I mean, LeBron didn't have a ton of of uh, a ton of drives until later in the game. So yeah, and and also I think in some ways we undersell the Cavs a little bit uh, in that you know when we say the league's watered down or you know the Kings didn't play that well late, but the Cavs are ridiculously tough to defend right now. Oh yeah, I mean they play. But they had to be be in the second half tonight because they had to dig themselves out of that hole. Yeah, and there's only one guy in their probably their top ten rotation that isn't doesn't have the capability to be maybe two guys very good offensive players. I mean, Jay Crowder struggled offensively this year for sure, and then Jose Calderon, you know, he pitched an O for tonight (laughs) with one, one assist, but and. uh but he's also a guy that can knock down an open three and will make the right pass and all that kind of stuff. But and he took one three that was super deep tonight, and I thought that's you have no business taking that shot. Well, I think it was you know later in the shot clock, and he was so wide open, and they were kind of daring him to take it. But yeah, yeah. and it was funny because uh, Dwayne Wade was so cold the uh, late in the game, they left him literally wide open, just basically dared him to shoot from the right corner, and Wade wouldn't take it. I mean, he didn't even look at the basket. So yeah, yeah. Uh, well, as usual, I would have liked to see seen a little bit more of uh, Jetty Osman and seen him early, but yeah. um, but I love his energy. Yeah. I love that yeah. he's not getting down by not playing that much. So I think that's it is probably a little bit e- easier adjustment for Euros. Because when you're younger in Europe, even if you're better than the guy in front of you, you don't play as much. Yeah. So, it, well, they're using him a little bit like Liggins last year, early mm-hmm. on in the season, where they would just bring him in for a defensive possession here and yeah. there, and then let him play in the fourth. And you know, but the again, the hope is against these bottom of the dumpster teams like the Bulls and the Kings and the Hawks, you'd you'd see more run for him. But yeah. Yeah. It's going to be what it's going to be. I mean, I think part of it is, you know, and the and the I, I'm not a I'm not a member of the minutes police, but part of it is, uh, I think them just getting their chemistry down. Um, yeah. You know, I think LeBron wants to play more minutes with D Wade. That's part of it. Like, it's great that he's the leader of the second unit, but but normally it means that he and LeBron don't play as much together. Although the last few games, Ty has been playing LeBron to start the second and fourth quarters with, uh, well, not tonight, but the second quarters anyways, with the, well, let's be honest. I mean, Tyler would play the, LeBron 48 minutes if he could. Well, sure. <laughs> he could get well, sure he would. No, I know. But all I'm saying is like, they, there was a stretch there where he was doing a pretty good job of, of really letting him sit for the first you know, four or five, even six minutes of the second and fourth quarters. But, um, you know, that's, that's happening a little bit less than, than I imagined it would. But again, it's still, you know, hasn't been any back to backs. The, the, the true test will be the back to back coming up. Yeah. uh, Back to back against, uh, in at Indy, which the Cavs always struggle in Indy. It seems like, I mean, that seems like, and they've been playing well lately too. Yeah. It seems like one of their, Toughest road games of the year all the time. Yep. Uh, hold on one second. I'm going to pause sure. this here. Are you looking for some revenge, you know, after the Cavs went into their place and beat them pretty soundly? So, 
And and Indy is tough. I'm excited to see Indy. I'm excited to see All Star level Victor Oladipo. Yeah. It, it only took him what six years. <laughs> hey, you know what? Better late than never, right? Yeah. If, if you're Oladipo, like, and especially for the Pacers, who've got to be looking at the trade they pulled off and saying, you know, in a different way now, with people saying like, well, maybe they did get the better end of that trade because if Oladipo can. I mean, try to think of like other late bloomers, like guys like Gilbert Arenas was kind of a late bloomer. Right? Otto Porter a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he Otto didn't Porter really a little bit. Stu- he didn't really put in a great season until his fifth year. How about McCollum? Like he started, he didn't have a. I mean, maybe no, not McCollum, that long. McCollum, it was by his third Couple year, years. he was really good, yeah. and he lost his whole first year to injury. So that's right. That's right. So yeah, I mean, but, he was know, pretty good by his third year. Yeah, but sometimes it just happens that way. I mean, look, yeah, it took a lot. Also, he was in situations that. You know, Orlando, terrible coaching situation. They never really figured it out. And then yeah. uh, he was stuck playing off the ball with Russell Westbrook, which... <laughs> now Paul George has to do. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, exactly. Uh, so one second, we're going to pause this and get Tom Pestak in here. Okay. So how was that episode of Columbo, Tom, that you told me you needed <laughs> Dude, I love Columbo. I really do. How how are you even watching Columbo in this? I mean, this is not 1982. Like, what what channel is it on? <clears throat> Library DVDs, bro. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was gonna say YouTube, but that's even that's one better, dude. Like, that's oh, just wow. like you went out and you you like actually go out and go to the you are, go you to are sneaker netting it in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. Technology can be overrated. I'm I'm. I'm quite happy. Did you look uh, some stuff stu- some stuff up on uh, microfiche while you were there? Yeah. <laughs> Turn out some articles. Did you look up some books in the card catalog? That's a little a little before my time. So, I'm just glad that I remember calling a girl on the telephone with a corded phone, and I had to go through that awkwardness because nowadays kids these days, oh, right? Man. They just snapchat each other whatever the heck they do and it's just it's ridiculous they don't have to they don't have to deal with the same types of relationship anxiety that all oh, and you gotta you gotta deal with their dad when he picks up the yeah, phone right exactly oh hi mr jackson is jessica there you know like who's who's this right <laughs> now, now you just passively aggress you know passive aggressively um you know send messages where you don't really put yourself out there yeah, it's yeah. Uh, you just I mean, swipe no right and swipe left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just terrible. I feel bad for this generation. Yeah, I remember being sick, and I'm sure they feel bad for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> with, with our, our corded, with our corded phones and our and our library business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. It's uh, funny. I remember being 16 and having. I had a corded phone on my wall in my room. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember calling this girl to ask her to prom, and I was shaking so bad. Oh yeah, to dial that number on those big. And I didn't have a rotary, thank God. But at yep. the very least, I had to, you know, punch out oh, the dude. numbers. There's a great. I had, I had rotary phones, man. There's a great uh, Wonder Years episode that's all about Kevin um, trying to get up the courage to call this girl that he likes, Lisa Berlini, and it is just a hilarious episode. So. When he finally, when you think he's finally called, he's actually daydreaming, and um, Lisa answers, and then they pan to her in her bedroom, and she's like, Kevin who? Kevin Arnold? And then 
the the camera pans out and like all these other kids from school are like in Lisa's room laughing about <laughs> and then like and then like some game show host or like newscasters there and he's like we're live from Lisa Berlini's room and the question everyone wonders is why is Kevin Arnold such a jerk <laughs> <laughs> and you know what the funny thing about that is I'm pretty sure Fred Savage is older than you yeah he is he's a couple <laughs> years older than me dude I watch the Wonder Years now man they're on uh well, actually, no. I I downloaded them. I uh, <laughs> I kazaded them, you know, many decades ago, and so I've still got them. But well, you know what's funny is if you get out of the metro areas, uh, some of, some of the smaller networks in in more rural U.S. they still show a lot of the old uh, reruns. I was in, uh, you know, we go to Holland, Michigan every year for vacation, and you know, I'm flipping late one night. It's like twelve at night, and what do what comes on but Alf. So I yeah, watched yeah. Alf, then two episodes of Hogan's Heroes, and then uh, and then some Carol Burnett show. So you know oh, yeah, the, the old Burnett, TV yeah. is out there. If you if, you know go to the library or uh, well, we've or got a channel. States. No, we've got a channel on broadcast here that's all oldies. Oh, and nice. so like yeah, so like Andy Griffith and all that kind of Carol Burnett, all that stuff is okay, on. So so you move Columbo. out of the- Columbo here in here in flyover country, we have those things, e.g. Yeah. Well, and no, I still can, I can still access them too, but you know, I just choose not to. <laughs> Columbo, <laughs> I decided that um, detective type things are timeless because I can pick up Sherlock Holmes right now, and I just feel like it doesn't feel dated. And I watch Columbo, and yeah, I mean, obviously the cars look dated, and the style and everything looks dated, but. I don't know. The people don't seem dated to me, so I don't know. There's something about murder and like who done it and detectives yeah. that. Um... How about Kojak? You doing that next? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I, or I, I, Rockford I, Files. I told oh, you, I what love me fa- some Rockford Files. I told you, what my Ironsides or did I tell you guys about Detectorists? Yeah, you told us yeah. about Detectorists. They picked it up. They picked it up for a second season. Third season, yeah. Third season, yeah. I, I love that show so much. That's yeah, like me. I both love it. Well, you know, my favorite show of all time is Magnum PI. That's, that's the greatest show. Uh, they're remaking that now. I they, know they are, and it won't be as good. So you must have loved when I came up with that Kyrie PI nickname, um, uh, uh, or uh, Magnum KI. Magnum KI. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah it's on the T-shirt. It's <laughs> not on anymore the, though. Yeah. It's on the yeah, 2015 no. T-shirt, dude. But seriously. Who needs Kyrie? I mean, yeah. who? I I never thought LeBron was gonna morph into like I don't even know like Ray Allen in the clutch. I mean, well, look what he is doing right now. This is I, why like, Tom he, makes the big 40, bucks. Shooting, 40, these kind of segues. Has he like missed a clutch step back jumper this year? I no. feel like he's like eight of eight. The only thing he's, he's missed this year is some clutch free throws, and that's about it. You know, it's like when they need a shot in the clutch. It's just, he's so money. Yeah. I know. And tonight I just thought, well, you know what? Ty Lue does a really great job of out-of-bounds plays, and they got five seconds. I bet they're going to run something cool. I was kind of had my eyes on Corver, you know, what was going to happen. <laughs> just, just this lazy lob into LeBron, steps back, a couple dribbles, step back three, Net barely moves, and then yeah. I love LeBron. I don't know what he looked angry, like he was like barking at everyone. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if he was yeah. just you know. And to set the scene, if you didn't, uh, if you didn't get to watch the game, the Cavs were up two with about what fourteen seconds left. They'd gotten a offensive rebound. 
or about 20 seconds left, and they had about five seconds left on the clock, and they'd gotten an offensive rebound to, you know, push this possession out to like a 40-second possession. And uh, so basically they needed a, a, po- a score to ice the game. And, uh, yeah, so they lob it in up over LeBron's shoulder. And if you watched after the game, Allie Clifton interviewed him about it, and he said, yeah, coach had a play drawn up, but I really just wanted to have the ball in my hands at the end of the game. Uh, just felt, uh, like, really confident with that. And so uh, I, I just uh, I just took the shot. Yeah. You know. Well, he said it was the Chicago play, which I think <laughs> Ty was, like, talking about. But it's really – yeah, there's no – well, you no, know the Chicago no design play, right? Yeah. Yeah. From the playoff game a couple of years ago where he just. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which was might have been the play that sealed um, David Blatt's career. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. LeBron just audibled. Well, and that happened shortly after Blatt tried to call a timeout he didn't have. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Which, that was the same game. Ooh. Was yeah. it the same but, game? But it yeah, was. It was. Game. Yeah. yeah. It was and the same you know game who, because he hit it you know right who, afterwards. You know who bailed the Cavs out in that game was J.R. Smith. Oh yeah, the he Cavs was huge were like, that game. They were lifeless, and they, they, he they was were huge that whole series against the Bulls. Well, like, I think he hit like four straight shots in the third quarter. They were down like nine or ten, and they just couldn't score. And it, it just felt, it just felt like they were. It felt like in risk when it's like oh you know you're going to not win the war but you got to keep rolling anyway like it felt like it felt like man we're like holding on to australia but like it, we're not winning this and uh and then jr just popped off and hit like three or four straight crazy difficulty shots well and it wasn't and just the, the game either it was like you kind of feel the season slipping down the drain yeah exactly yeah you no know, it felt because, like, it felt like that yeah yeah because this and then, wasn't and this I incarnation want, I want the of the Bulls. Rose from that game. Where can we get that Derrick Rose back? <laughs> well, that Derrick Rose still didn't play any defense, by yeah, the way. That's but, true. But he could still score. I mean, he remember yeah, he could all, score. that shot yeah. to win in game two or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was. Well, but didn't he, like, bank that in? He did, but he still Yeah, that doesn't count. You got to call He still had a good pass. game. He didn't call you gotta glass. Call glass. I, I would take that. I'd still take that version <laughs> over the curve. He didn't call glass. Yeah, but he called game. Isn't that what Paul Pierce said? Oh yeah, I called game. Yeah, that was. I I never liked Pierce, but I did enjoy Pierce. You know, pulling the fork out at least for one playoff series with uh, with the Wizards. That was kind of fun. Yeah, and then the next year, just the fork was firmly implanted for the Clippers. yeah. Yeah, well, well, now he's become and now he's become the perpetual Celtics honk. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I can't even. Okay, I'm just gonna bite my tongue and and let that one pass. <laughs> About the ESPN <laughs> oh, uh, studio yeah. show is. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> is there a fan of it? I I've yet to find somebody who genuinely likes the ESPN <laughs> the the ESPN NBA show. I I. Jaylen what is it? Rose at the jump or whatever. Jalen Rose is my all-time least favorite. Yeah, my favorite of all time, and I've probably told this story before. It was this was like in 2011, and they and they were talking about every city in the NBA, you know, the road experience, what you need to experience. And Jalen Rose goes, and when it's into Cleveland, it's all about the flats. And literally at that time, there was nothing open in the flats. The flats was <laughs> yeah. like a ghost town. <laughs> like yeah. it was dead, the they'd flats? condemned half of it. <laughs> what happened to the flats? I thought no, it was they've like revitalized big, it, was... it now. 
again within the last again, yes, three, again. three, four years. Yeah, there's some. It, it's great again. Yeah, oh, okay. there's a huge uh, kind of development area. They've got a bowling alley there. They've got um, like a brand new bowling alley, like three or four bars, some great restaurants. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's just kind of there. There's little clusters of activity, and it, it's kind of spreading from that. But there's still a lot of industrial areas too. But yeah, the flats is a lot of fun. But all of Cleveland, I mean, there's so many great areas of Cleveland now between the flats and Tremont. Right. And so, so Jalen wasn't wrong. Sorry. He was just prophetic. About what? Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> that, you can put it that way. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Jalen Rose, not not a fan. But yeah, let's get back to the game. LeBron, otherworldly at the end of that game. I mean, you need yeah. a shot, he hits the shot. Well, he had the block before that. Oh, yeah. Well, they held uh, them scoreless for... Uh, like like three minutes or something, right? Three was... minutes, yeah. They they couldn't get a look, and you know. Well, he had the block after he got stripped and didn't get the foul call too. Oh yeah, yeah. which was funny because if you saw it, he got stripped under the basket, and the first time George Hill reached, he just clanked him on the arm. But LeBron didn't let the ball go. The second time, he actually got mostly ball, but they should have called the first foul. <laughs> so yeah, LeBron LeBron has to beg and plead to get a call sometimes, but yeah. What about, getting, what about LeBron getting tossed last week? Do you guys see that? Yeah. Of what, course. Yeah. What did you guys think of that? That was a quick, that was a quick, yeah, quick trigger. Yeah, I didn't get it. I mean, he wasn't – yeah, he yelled something, but yeah. he was actually he was actually kind of walking away from the ref when he was tossed. So it wasn't – he didn't bump him or he, he wasn't acting threatening. He was just mad, and as he tried to walk away, he got tossed, which I didn't understand. Yeah, that was just that was dumb. But hey, I appreciate it. LeBron got some rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? It reminded me of Bull Durham. It was like, oh, LeBron must yeah. call him the, must call him the c word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> There's a certain word you never say to umpires. He must have used yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I I, I don't know. I don't like it. I I don't like it when when officials uh, think it's about them. Mm-hmm. Because it, you know, I mean, look at the, the when Livingston got thrown out the other night. They, I mean, thankfully the NBA or the officials union suspended that ref for a week, a week's worth of uh, games as well, though, too, because he he instigated just as much as as Livingston did. Yeah, and you look at that, and you think, I mean, these guys, they're there to to uh, they're there to keep the game under control, which they don't always yeah. do. And then their way of keeping something under control when it's gotten out of control is just start calling a bunch of texts and throwing guys out. Yeah, well, you know, so it's the other it's a dumb, bit of a the other dumb thing ahead. is they don't kick anybody out. It seems anymore when it's close. So when it gets to be a blowout, it's like okay, that's when we can toss LeBron. You know, and somebody got somebody got ejected like two or three nights later. That was a big star. Durant, Durant, Durant got, got yeah. Durant's Durant got, got Durant's got thrown out twice in the last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say Le- Kevin Durant is feeling his oats. He was talking smack up, you know, 16 with two minutes left <laughs> about like, you can't guard me out here against against Charlotte. So, you know, Durant is definitely full of himself. You know, he you know, he had it harder than Michael Jordan. You know, Jordan. Kevin, never Durant's, had... Kevin Durant's a punk. He'll yeah, always he be a punk. He it really doesn't matter is. how many titles he wins. He's a punk. Because he he had to go. Look, I get it's I get it. LeBron teamed up with his buddies in South Beach to go win titles, but it's not like they were 
they were this like amazing team before he got there. It's not like they won 73 games and right. came within and blew a 3-1 lead in the finals to lose uh, their second straight championship. He went and joined that. Yeah, the better comparison is Ray Allen joining the Heat. You yeah. Know, when, uh, when you know, you, you went Whoa. and joined the team that just beat you. But Ray Allen's not a guy yeah. that you look at and right. say, oh, Ray Allen's a perpetual MVP. Right, he's a role player. Right? He's a, yeah. Yeah, I mean. I mean and he was, like, he was like 37. He wasn't yeah. like yeah. The analog at that point would have been Paul Pierce or KG joining the Heat. Right. Yeah. Or... But even though even they were well, older, because KG was a trade. No, no, that no. Was... I mean, after that happened, is what I'm saying. Just uh, as a hypothetical, that dude, that would have been an equivalent guys, to Durant. Did either of you guys read Shea Serrano's uh, piece today? No. In the Ringer. No. Oh, it, it you you need to. It, it is it is so much fun. It um basically it's just a piece trying to decide whether. LeBron, like a mix of LeBron's all-time chase down blocks would be better than LeBron's all-time dunks. It's just like the greatest piece. That, that's a pretty awesome. Well, and then combine that with all his amazing passes. No, it doesn't even get into that. Don't even get into the passes. No, it just, it like goes down one path of like, well, it's obviously got to be the dunks and here's why. And then it's like, but it's actually not. It's the blocks. Yeah, and so he yeah. makes the case that the chase down block is LeBron's signature. Oh, on uh, play. on well, that's the quintessential one, but just more so that the that ability is kind of like what LeBron will be remembered for. Well, which kind of kind reinvented of, who else, that. Who else does that? Who I don't else know. Does that? I mean, there's I guys that do it now, but not nearly as consistently uh, not, as he not ever. Like LeBron, not like LeBron. No, no, nobody does it like LeBron. That's what I'm saying. I mean, he perfected yeah. that. Yeah, but basically, um, well, I'll just find it and read you the final like line, which is so good because <laughs> it's so true. Um, you gotta read it in the Colombo voice, though. <laughs> I don't know if I can do Colombo. Oh, here we go. This is the final paragraph. LeBron's blocks are better and more substantial and more important than LeBron's dunks. He's in the top seven all time in regular season scoring and number one all-time in playoff scoring. And still, his blocks beat out his dunks. <laughs> That's just such a great way to like wrap it up. Well, yeah. I, I totally feel like LeBron's blocks are what won the Cavs the series in 2016. Uh, well, it triggered Curry, right? Because then yeah. he started throwing mouth guards. Yeah, and, and uh, when he started yeah. talking smack to Curry when he came inside, oh, it was just... He melted like a candle in the sun, man. If yeah. that's a, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> that <was> nice. <laughs> no, that was good. Yeah, maybe a crayon in the sun. There we go. I like it. a cr- no, a crayon in my minivan. That's yeah, it. There you go. <laughs> that's it. Even rhyme. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, I mean that was that that's a pretty good analogy. I got I gotta give him his props on that. That 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 is the quintessential. I mean, that's probably what he's done to put his stamp on the game that no one else, no great player has ever well, done. It's interesting too because because a uh, a dunk is still just two points, right? And even though a block, a chase down block, isn't isn't a score, it's demoralizing, right? right like it right. it really takes the it takes the the any kind of 
of momentum the other team has and immediately shifts it to your team. And if you ca- and then if you capitalize on it and score on the other end, it's a, like a double whammy, right? So right. it's a four point. It's interesting. Play. Yeah. Well, the other thing I like about it too, and why I think it suits LeBron perfectly, is because you know a, a lot of um, like what gets fans kind of a little bit you know crazy about the NBA is what I would consider like small man skills like oh I just broke his ankles you know it's like well yeah the five foot five guy on the and one mixtape like breaks ankles and everyone gets all excited about it <laughs> like only grown ass men and basically there's only one gr- totally grown ass man and that's LeBron that does a chase down block and takes the air out of the ball and spikes it on the floor and you got to replace the parquet panels i mean you know what i'm saying like i just i enjoy he leaves that. a like, spalding stain on the glass he, he, he does i enjoy that because i just feel like man the nba has so nerfed like the big man and now like every 180 pound guy that you know can make such an impact and just watching curry be so dang effective even though he's just a glass of water it's kind of a little nauseating for me and so I love watching um, just the pure, just uh, beast-like strength of LeBron, you know, um, get its get its day in the sun, you know? Yeah, yeah. I kind of feel like that's why the Cavs right now are the best team in the NBA. I mean, right at this very moment with their win streak and, you know, how well they're playing. And, you know, Celtics might have a claim to that. They've only lost four games. But... The Cavs are a team of, like you just said, grown ass men. You know, they, yeah. there's not a lot of, they don't have a lot of wispy yeah. guys on that team. You know, yeah, no, they don't, they don't. And but they don't that... have a lot of huge guys either. They, no, they're all just but... these huge, you know, big wingspan guys who can run the yes. floor, just play above the rim. You know, even Dwayne Wade's getting up for dunks. And then yeah. You, then of course you've got Kevin Kyle. Love had a dunk tonight. Yeah, he did. Kevin Love had a dive yeah. to the to the whole dunk off of a great Le, another LeBron bounce pass, and and then Kevin Love also had a really good like grown ass man rebound in the. Oh yeah, late when he stopped. Uh, yeah, late Zach Randolph, and then got that rebound. Yeah. That was good. All right, so are we gonna call it Jam because the G is gonna be like a J, or it's gonna be Gam. <laughs> what are, What are you talking about? Grown ass man. Grown ass man. <laughs> jam or gam? Um, <laughs> Grams? No, that sounds too much like grandma. <laughs> I can be Graham. Um, and Jeff Green, man, he's another guy, a big oh guy. Gosh. You know, he's he's got some. <laughs> so what did somebody say earlier this year? They that Jeff Green is LeBron likes Jeff Green because he could play him in a movie. who said that that was great lebron could play jeff green or jeff green could play lebron jeff lebron likes jeff green because he he likes guys who could could play him in the movie because he's like six eight 250 yeah 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 Yeah. and he runs and jumps the only thing jeff green doesn't have that lebron has is well there's more than passing one passing ability and (laughs) it's not there's more than one thing yeah Uh, i've never seen jeff green uh, chase down block Andre Guadalla in the finals. So, yeah. But I like that Jeff Green is staying within you know himself and being so efficient. Oh yeah, that's and, been a really great to see. And really, to me, honestly, I feel like that in some ways is the biggest difference between the team now and the team at the beginning of the year when we were all getting worried 
is guys are just in good positions now. No one's really playing out of position. No one's trying to do things that they're not optimal at, and the efficiency is just off the charts. Now, that's only on the offensive end. Obviously, they've gone from like the worst defense in NBA history to above average over the last uh, you know, two and a half weeks as well. But yeah, I mean, I just they've been better than above. I mean, they've been top ten the last over the last couple of weeks since. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I think it's a little bit of a mirage, but I think yeah, they've been playing some bad teams. Yeah, but they're showing that just you know being in good position, getting into some good habits, and giving effort and communicating can go a long way. That even if you're playing guys like Calderon and Channing Fry. And Kyle um, Korver. Yeah. yeah, you keep te- – oh, I think Korver's like actually a good defensive player. Oh, my God. Player. How many blocks has he had on bigs this year when he comes from Dude. the weak side? And I think – I don't know if it was Ben Worth or someone that first kind of I saw say that, like, hey, actually, Korver's a really good defender. I remember thinking, like, no, he's not. No, I mean, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe he you know, knows where to be, but he is not a really good defender. And now I'm sort of rethinking that because – he always seems to be in the right spot. And he's a little tougher than I give him credit for. Well, yeah, the other well, he, night, you know got, why? Like, because he's, like, a grown ass man. Yeah. Yeah, he's a grown-ass man. He's a grown-ass man. He's a jam. He's a jam, baby. The other night, he got popped in the, in the face by someone, and he just, like, shook it off. Yeah. I think it was um, – who did that to him? Was it – Was it Atlanta? It was Mark Gasol that did it to him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gasol did. Memphis, and I was reading on the live thread, and a lot of people were pretty frustrated with that game. But from my vantage point, the Grizzlies were given, like, they were playing like it was a playoff game. Like, they were trying to get out of the, uh, trying to get off the Schneid. They were yeah. playing super Yeah, I didn't feel football. like the Cavs were playing down to the Grizzlies. I felt like the Grizzlies were playing up to the Cavs. Yeah, and I felt like the Grizzlies were playing super rough. Yeah, and the Cavs were. and the Cavs had to like decide if they were going to deal with that or not, and they did. You know, they they hung around and they they grinded it out. But I just watching that whole game, I'm like, man, down in the post, this is like the most physical, you know, December game, uh, short of you know these random like Christmas Day games that get all this hype that I've seen. So I wasn't upset at all with the Cavs. I mean, I was real happy they got the win. I thought this was a trap game. You know, it's like a team oh, that's. Oh, I mean, Grizzlies. no, the, the Grizzlies, to me, yeah, that a was like bit. a trap. Yeah. Nate, what's the sandwich game, speaking of traps? Oh, the sandwich game is just, you know, you've got... It, the sandwich game is just another word for trap game. It's like, you've got one... And it's, I guess this wasn't really a sandwich game as much as a trap game, but you've got one really insignificant game between two big games, and then you just yeah. kind of you just no, kinda I, I throw like it, it away. Yeah, it you see sense. it in the NFL a lot more. Yeah, you know, that makes sense. You see it in the NFL in like week ten sometimes, where you know a team. Well, it happened to Ohio State, yeah. right? It was Penn State. Oh yeah, the Iowa <laughs> game was totally Iowa game, and then they just completely curb stopped Michigan State the yeah. week after. Yeah, that was a sandwich game. I like it, the sandwich game. Sandwich game. Yeah, you what is that? that What's that analogy? No, what is that analogy? Where does it come from? Sandwich game. I've just heard it in the NFL a lot. I, that's where I heard it. <laughs> okay. I mean, I mean, you you you've got. You've got the filling between the two slices of bread, so <laughs> the filling the filling is okay. nearly as substantial as the bread. 
Isn't it though? Like, isn't well, it? Well, that's that's the analogy, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Because the bread was, I, I don't you know get why. Because the this. bread was I'm baked by grown it. ass men. I'm trying to understand the analogy. It's important for me to understand <laughs> metaphors when I use them. So, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know what to All tell right. you. Fair enough. <laughs> now I gotta it's, look it up. It's that little piece of bread between the two patties and the Big Mac. How about that? Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's the two. It's buttered on both sides, and you're like, why? Do you just try, you're just adding carbs. There's no yeah, purpose. There, there's no purpose to this. Yeah. I don't just, care. It's no another. It's just an application area for more special sauce. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. No, all I found was sandwich punch game, which is a highly addictive obsession practiced by people everywhere. Once you introduce your friends to the sandwich game, eating sandwiches in front of the other will never be the same again. And so you, if you see a sandwich with nothing adamant on top of it, you must punch it. If you're eating a sandwich, you must cover it with an adamant object if it's not in your hands. Otherwise, it may, otherwise it may be subject to punching. Sandwich game. I have a hard time Star Lord, I have, Star Lord I have a hard time at the Clippers game. I have a hard time believing that is a highly addictive game. <laughs> yeah. Go, the newly single Star-Lord, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Well, Man, um, easy. How does it happen? I don't understand how all these happily married Hollywood couples end up getting divorced. Because they're away from each other. Because they're the actors, dude. Yeah. Actors Actors are so vain. Dude. and they. Okay, and they I, guess I, for, I guess I forgot to include that slash S at the end of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're actors. Yeah, well, that's what, and they're also away yeah. from each other half the time because you're on a movie for what two months at a at a minimum sometimes. Yeah, if you're if but, you're a no, star. but it takes yeah. a certain look. I, I've been around plenty of actors in my day, and it just takes a certain level of of narcissism and and need for acceptance to be an actor. And so you're constantly looking for you know you're constantly looking for that you know that positive reinforcement from other people and you know anytime you find it from somebody that's that's not your your spouse you know it it can trigger things so yeah. just it's just how they're wired i always Damn. tell them anytime i anytime i hear of an actor saying oh yeah i'm getting married i'm like why don't do it I'm like you're <laughs> you'll be sorry and, and most of the successful ones are the ones that don't get married. They just they it's like yeah, you know, like Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell or, or what about Susan like uh, what about like uh, Will Smith? They've been married forever. Yeah, but they're Scientologists, so that's a whole different thing. I didn't oh, they think are? they were Scientologists. I, didn't I think thought they, they were. were Scientologist allies. They're quiet. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to out people on here. So no, I mean I knew they were like close with um, Tom Cruise, but. I don't know. I don't have a problem with Scientology. Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, I, you can't. Not, not, <laughs> not in a, public. <laughs> yeah, Scientology. Yeah, you say did you say you can't? Is that what you cannot? Said? Yes. Yes. Uh, it would be, you should you probably would, change it, the subject. It'd be too harmful for your career. That's, what That's right. Say. I guarantee this this podcast will probably show up on their radar now. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, what else can we say to get on their radar? <laughs> no, no, no. Let's not, no, you don't want to be on their radar, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I apologize for any Scientologists on on Cavs in the Cavs blog commentary. We we didn't mean any harm. <laughs> well, I love the South Park episode. The oh um, Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, no, on. not that, not that. The one with the where the new family is in town and they're uh, Mormon. Have you seen that one? 
I, I don't know. Yeah. You're, you're, I probably your references have, but I are very remember. obscure this evening. Uh, oh, so, oh, oh, sorry, Nate. I didn't realize. But did you want me to South stick Park, to at least South Park is this decade? You want me to stick to the format or something? No, I mean you should just stick to my obscure references. Is what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> By the way, you made a reference on a podcast a while back that you liked the uh, British like progressive rock band churches but it's like with a v instead of a u yeah dude i am i am an ally in that regard (laughs) that is my jam on the way to work man i'm like what is this that sounds a little bit like a little bit 80s synth going on there but it's you know it's fresh i'm a fan yeah they're great (laughs) we are all over the place tonight so tell us about the south park episode no, no, it, I just saw recently. It's the one where, um, like, there's a new kid in school, and, um, you know, of course, all the, like, South Park boys decide to be just, like, a total ass to him. And so then um, Kyle, like, actually gets to know him and decides, like, wow, he's, like, really cool, actually. So, of course, you know, Cartman's calling him, you know, his girlfriend and everything like that, and just giving him a hard time. So... Um, they invite him over to his house for dinner and they're a Mormon family. So they're just, it's like real stereotypical, right? They're all real happy and they all love each other. And it's like all positive feelings. And like, it's just like, you know, kind of like, Oh wow. It's like the perfect religion. Everyone's just happy and smiling and nice to one another. Hey, those guys. Sorry, go ahead. So Kyle's sort of like, wow. Okay. And so he comes back home and he's talking to uh, or Stan, not Kyle. And so he's comes home and he's talking to his dad his dad's like, wait, are they Mormons? You know, I don't need anyone filling my kid with, you know, whatever. And he's like, I'm going to go over and kick his ass. You know, <laughs> of course, the mom is just like, okay, dear, you know, whatever. So he goes over there. He's all ready to, like, kick this kid's dad's ass. And by the end, he's like, decides he's going to be a Mormon. <laughs> yeah, well, that sounds like Randy Marsh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then... Yeah. So then he decides like their whole family is going to convert to Church of Latter-day Saints or whatever. And then it's actually Stan that decides like when they start talking about like the gen- the origin story of Mormonism with Joseph Smith and stuff that he he can't buy it. Like he just thinks it's kind of ridiculous or whatever. And South Park makes fun of it, you know. Yeah. I mean, but those guys uh, also wrote the Book of Mormon. So Right, which which Mormons actually like. One of them yeah. one of them was a Mormon, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. I think yeah, I think you're right. Um, like Trey, I think Trey was maybe. Yeah, probably. So then, um, basically, it's just cool because at the end, um, Stan decides after all that, yeah, okay, you know, I don't want to have anything to do with this kid. I don't want to be friends with him. <laughs> and so then he's like, they're all all the South Park boys are like sitting around, and and now Stan's being a real you know jackass to this kid, and who's just this whole episode has been like you know choir boy kind, you know. And so finally, he's just like, yeah, you know what? Um, so maybe it's a little bit of a ridiculous story, but I'll basically all my religion does now is say to like be nice to people and do good things. And, and he just basically real quickly lectures Stan on being like a prick and not having um, <laughs> enough self-confidence or something. And that and he just says like suck my balls. <laughs> and, then, and then after the whole episode of calling him like a, like a girl and stuff. Cartman's like, that dude is so cool. <laughs> uh, and so I've decided this is 
be Cavs a podcast where we're just allowed to say ass. We break the censors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the A word is okay today. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh man, we have fallen down a rabbit hole. Yeah. Well, that's all right. So, so we were t- we talked about a, a couple of things in the the in this you know stream of consciousness we've had here. And one of the things you brought up was uh, Pogasol. The another thing we brought up was five foot got five guys breaking you down uh, off the dribble. <laughs> you know, and so and we, <laughs> we we got a couple threads here that are relevant to the Cavs. What do you think <laughs> it's gonna look like when our own five foot five guy Isaiah Thomas comes back and? Uh, and and rejoins the squad here in a couple weeks. Ready? Are you ready for it? I'm. Am I ready for it or ready for your yeah, answer? I, yeah, ready for my answer because I'm ready to go. Like I got to go. Oh, Tom, wow. you've been Tom's loaded for and all loaded for beer. I am locked and loaded. All right, you guys remember because we used to talk about this. Remember two years ago when the Cavs had like a thousand minutes with the starting lineup of Kyrie, J.R. Smith, LeBron, Tristan Thompson, and Kevin Love. Yeah. And then they had, I don't know, 600 minutes with that identical lineup, with the only exception being Delhi instead of Kyrie. And the first lineup had a plus minus per 48 of like three. And the second one was like 19. Remember that? Mm-hmm. It was like kind of ridiculous. It was like, whoa, if you replace Delhi, if you take out Kyrie and put in Delhi, you now have like the death lineups, like plus minus. Like, what is the deal? Well, I think the answer to that question. Um, we found in the Toronto series that year when with the second unit, LeBron would play and it was LeBron, Delhi, Richard Jefferson, Channing Frye. And I don't remember who the last guy was. And they ran that same set like 14 straight times and they scored on every play. And it was like, basically they had found a cheat code and it didn't matter that everyone probably by the eighth time knew it was coming. The Raptors were completely powerless to stop it. And the main keys of that was that you put LeBron in the pick and roll and you had him roll. And then you had him potentially catching in space, rolling to the hoop with shooters moving. So you'd have Channing Fry moving from the corner to the wing and you'd have Delavadova popping to the wing if he didn't have the ball. And you had Richard Jefferson either rolling back door to the hoop or flaring out to the corner and it was just unstoppable. And a lot of times you had JR out there. And you too. had JR. And it was completely unstoppable. And then, you know, but not I just, Shumpert. Not Shumpert. No. And not Kyrie is the important thing here. And we used to talk about how, you know, it was so hard for Kyrie to develop like a two man game with anyone. And it seemed like seemingly it was easy for Delhi. Like there were the there was the uh, Commonwealth connection, right, between Delhi and TT. Um yeah. You know, Delhi and LeBron. And I mean, I think possibly like maybe we overvalued Delhi's skills a little bit because now that he's not with LeBron, he's just not the same player. But is he, I mean, hurt? Is he hurt now? I feel like he hasn't played. You know, I looked, he hasn't played in like 10 games. Well, he's also I, been buried because they got. Um, oh, Bledsoe, Bledsoe. Right. Yeah. Well, even before that, though, he was struggling. And but I think on the Cavs. He was a very downhill runner. You know, it was like you, he he knew his role and he knew exactly what he was going to do. And the rest of the team um, you know, knew how to play off of him. And that's something that the Cavs were never able to figure out with Kyrie. No one ever knew how to play off of him. And it was an advantage um, in, you know, playoff series where the other team kind of 
knows exactly what you're capable of because Kyrie's so unpredictable and you never know which way he's going and you never know is he stepping back is he going to the rack is he pulling up like is he going off the glass is he going left hand he's he's completely unpredictable in an isolation situation but the problem is like okay well Tristan Thompson doesn't know if he's supposed to roll or pop or what direction and and half the time LeBron would just stand at the perimeter and watch and be like well I hope something good happens (laughs) and you know maybe next time it'll be me and Obviously, at a certain point, that wasn't LeBron's approach when Delhi was on the court. So this is all a really long-winded way of saying the Cavs' second unit is doing this kind of stuff right now. They're running these types of sets without really a true point guard. And my hope is that after you know they kind of start to gel and they get through the growing pains, that this is what happens with Isaiah Thomas because that's what I saw from him the last couple of years. He is also a bit of a downhill player. He gets a step and he uses it. He does. He's not. He's not super fancy, right? He's he's very quick. He decides what he wants to do. He tries to create that, you know, that um, disadvantage for the defense. He tries to break them down at the point of attack, and then he either goes to the hole and tries to score, or he, you know, finds someone else. And I feel like maybe that kind of deliberate approach to offense. The Cavs could now play off that the same way they did two years ago in that series against Toronto, and it could just unlock like a cheat code version of the Cavs. There you have it. Wow. Well, Le- LeBron, that's great. That? Yeah. And to, to pile on the cheat code side, I mean, LeBron's already playing Isaiah, teams with Isaiah on them in 2K to get uh, to figure out how to use. <laughs> see, really? Yeah, did you see that today? It was a, a McMenamin t- uh, tweet today. Yeah, just talking LeBron, saying that LeBron's essentially, you know, and should probably sell a bunch more of the of NBA 2K games, but essentially copying to the fact that yeah, that's what he does. He's in his spare time, he's <laughs> playing 2K with with I, I with Isaiah in the lineup, trying to figure out the best plays and stuff because he's like it's the most realistic basketball game ever so yeah so maybe you're right so, so I, I mean i just I'm, i look I'm at gonna, the, i I'm look at come the way at it. all right so come my here's my rebuttal come or, at me, or as as dan Aykroyd would say jane you <laughs> ignorant slut wow we're going <laughs> forward, yeah we're <laughs> Uh, okay, so obscure references. I've topped you. Anyway, this is the uh, the uncut version that yeah. shows up in DVDs, not at the library though. Just, yeah, the yeah. unrated uh, special uh, extra features. Um, so my concern right now. Wait, Nate, is this the, the 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 rant where you say how much you like it the person but not the player? I I have said that 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 may be part of that. <laughs> yeah. So I do like IT the the person um where basically you know he's the kind of the one their top cheerleader right now he's really challenged LeBron I guess early on when LeBron was playing like crap but more than that I feel like they're playing this well now with Jose Calderon starting at point guard um do they even need him you know what I mean like is is Isaiah Thomas somebody they even need and is playing four on five on defense going to help them? Because well, wait a second. Well, I mean, I'm, if if it? Thomas is the worst defensive player in the league, then Calderon is a close second. I will right, finish finish your take. I am going to disagree. Oh because, my gosh. You, well, you, here here's the difference. So 
Calderon has the size to guard some guys. And where the Cavs have struggled, and, and Calderon seems to be very good at covering guys off the ball, uh, you know, lock and trail, doing that kind of thing, ball denial. He's good at that. Um, he's not a great one-on-one stay-in-front-of-you defender anymore. And you saw that a couple teams have exploited the Cavs. Worst like Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> and then you saw um, also the Celtics when they just kept posting up uh, Kyle Korver over and over. So the Cavs do have some guys that you can exploit in isolations. And I just feel like Isaiah Thomas is going to be the absolute like worst at that in the NBA right now. So All right, my counterpoint to that is that yes, in the pick and roll, he's going to be like shark bait. But um, as far as like, Oh, and the Celtics posted up Kyle Korver or when like the last seven lumbering, you know, beefy centers posted up Kevin Love or Channing Fry, that's a win. If the Cavs can get teams to play, late 90s, early 2000s offense against them because they feel like they have an isolation mismatch, the Cavs are going to win 130 to 125. I'm just going to tell you right now. So Why is what, that, Tom? What, because because that's just, yeah, because that's just not the way the game's played anymore. And you just, you're too reliant then on twos. And so even if those guys are going to shoot, you know, 55% where they would normally shoot 48% or whatever on those same shots, you're you're reducing the ball movement. Um, you're getting all your role players out of rhythm because they're they stop moving. And I think really you you almost want to invite that like that mouse in the house type stuff. Well, I I agree, and I think this is where the where the um the difference the difference will be is that Nate, you're you're basing the argument on last year's version of Isaiah Thomas, and that's really all we have because. He hasn't played this year because he's been hurt. However, Isaiah Thomas on the last year's Celtics team that won 50, 51 games and, and you know went to the Eastern Conference Finals, he was the only guy that could score on that team. Yeah, he, he was to the to. offense. That's what I'm saying. No, but he yeah. but he was they had a bunch of defensive players that were really good defensive players. And then, you know, occasionally you'd get a you know, like Avery Bradley would get hot or, you know, or Kelly Olenek would have a hot game, whatever. But like for the most part, he was their engine, right? He was their yeah. engine. He was on the court. He he played. I'm, I'm pretty sure he he was playing close to, you know, 38, 39 minutes a game too. And he was he was was their star, like the only guy that could really. If you got to give the ball to somebody, Mister Fourth Quarter or the King of the Fourth, what all that stuff he doesn't have to be that on this team, right? And so if you take that onus away from from him where he can just be the the icing on the top of this cake that the Cavs are have have con in you know, this confection they've made now, that's kind of a great place to be because in a first quarter, certainly there's gonna be guys that are fast that are gonna wear him like a cape and he's gonna expose him in the in the pick and roll. But that's you know, if that if that happens pretty, you know, you can always sub him out early for D Wade or you know, or whomever, and and shift and make that, and then bring him back with early with the second unit where he can exploit guys like that. So it feels like there's, and, and especially in the fourth, like LeBron is lead, what leading the NBA right now in fourth quarter scoring. So Isaiah doesn't have to do that. So he's really going to be, I think, freed up to do a lot more 
of the things that, that the team doesn't have, like when they go through cold stretches where they don't have – where they're not hitting threes or LeBron's on the bench, whatever, like where they can just – Bring him, have him be there for the instant offense. The guy that can take the ball to the hole or or hit a reliable outside three, unlike Calderon. So well, that's what I, and what I'm saying too. Um, I agree with that. But what I'm also saying is, right now the Cavs aren't putting LeBron off ball. Right, the second unit has Wade doing that kind of stuff, and he's getting Corver off ball, and they're getting Jeff Green off the yeah. ball, and there's all this movement, and a lot of it's centered on what Wade can do. But when LeBron's in I, there, I would disagree. I would, I'd actually say the the whole second unit offense is based on off ball screens, and then Wade just kind of decides whether he's going to pass or wait for yeah. the traffic to clear and drive. Sure, and, and I guess what I'm saying is like with LeBron and Calderon in the court, it, they're still pretty reliant on the ball starting in LeBron's hands, and he either <laughs> scores himself or he finds someone else. And if you can go unlock the cheat code version of the Cavs, in my opinion what you'll what that'll look like is isaiah thomas breaking someone down on the perimeter and then it's going to cause it maybe in a pick and roll situation maybe not it causes the defense to start to collapse then you get lebron moving off ball and then isaiah can pass too he's not a bad passer and now you're now you're just completely yeah yeah well, because well, and you on, on the celtics about... last year well on the celtics last year isaiah was the only guy you double team you wouldn't double team in that lineup no so he was almost constantly double teamed throughout games and he still scored you know he's still scoring what like 30 30 points a game yeah. so you look at it that way and say like well you're gonna you can't double team both lebron and and it because you're gonna and you're gonna leave guys like kevin love open or you know or jr or you know whomever like that's it's a good recipe for for failure even if he is a liability on the defensive side. You know, again, if you, you know, look, if if well, the Brad other thing I'll figure out a way to hide him on defense, and then you'd assume that Tyloo would be able to at least ape what he did. So the, I'll say about the defensive side. One of the reasons the Cavs are playing much better defense now is they play that switch everything defense right now, yeah. and they just have you know five guys that are six four. Or taller, you know, with Dwayne Wade, and Dwayne Wade's a six foot four guy who plays like he's six eight. Um, yeah, he does. He <laughs> plays bigger than he is. Yeah, and so they have that ability to just switch everything. And even you know now with Calderon, they only deal with that fifteen minutes a night, and that is what scares me with Isaiah because you can't do that, you know. So we we will see what happens with that. Um, but I'll say the other thing that you guys left out is there's a fourth component of the Cavs offense right now that's awesome, and that's Kevin Love. I mean, Kevin yeah, he's Love, been incredible. Kevin Love in the post, Kevin Love out on the perimeter. He didn't have a great offensive game tonight, but in the he's had, he still he's scored 18 rolling. points though. He's oh, had yeah. a great. He's been great in the winning streak though. Oh, absolutely, and I mean he had something like he's averaging just under a point a minute for I yeah, know, yeah. He's ridiculous, his productivity right now and the way that he can. No, I, put it, I put it up yesterday before yeah. this game, and he had, he had 107 points in 110 minutes of play over the last four games. Yeah, and that is a little bit to what you're speaking about, uh, Tom, with Kevin Love at the center spot where you get these B centers, they try and post them up. Well, you know, like you said, you've already won. <laughs> you right. know, now you got Kevin Love. He, if you put a big guy on him, he's just going to go outside and, and pull that guy out. If you put a smaller guy on him, he's going to post up. And 
And then you got games like tonight where Kevin Love's almost an afterthought on offense. Like they didn't post him up very much tonight, but that's all, all, all also matchup dependent as well. So, I mean, the Cavs can hurt you in so many ways offensively. So yeah. Isaiah Thomas is going to be another another factor there. The other- all this is presupposing that he that he can come back from the injury and be even eighty percent of what he was last year. Though that's yeah. the big question. Oh, you're, you're just, and by the way, that's the thing that I'm that I'm had wondered about from the time they made the trade, which is I I don't I don't like that he's a liability on defense, but he is instant offense and he, and he's the the best, this side of James Harden at drawing fouls. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the Cavs have three guys now that four with Dwayne Wade that are fantastic at drawing fouls. So, although they're not giving Wade that pet move of his anymore, oh, the, the pump fake. Yeah. Leans in. Well, like yeah. Yeah, he's not as good at it as Kevin Love, and I think part of it is guys are back. His jump shot is not dangerous enough that guys are right up on him is part of what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> People yeah. want him to shoot jump shots. <laughs> they want him to shoot a 10, 12-footer. Yeah. That's part of it. So, I mean, but he still gets his share of calls, too. And yeah. When he's in the post and when he's going to the basket, he's so much better than when he's fading away. Um and kind of taking his little pet fadeaway shots, um, I I that's the Dwayne Wade that he falls in love with that a little bit too much, and I love that we've barely seen that from Jeff Green, <laughs> yeah. because that's the Jeff Green shot that I hate. So it it I should know. be fun. So the other thing you talked about was Paul Gasol, and we talked no, about Margasol. We talked about the little guys. Are the Cavs? going to get another center is you know deandre jordan's out there yeah they're gonna get tristan thompson back in like three days (laughs) okay (laughs) um so two questions then is tristan thompson here to stay are they going to look to move him um and the second question being what kind of impact does tristan thompson have on this team when he comes back you know we had tom and i ranted so you want to go on a rant eg yeah i'll go on a rant let's do it like all right so, so there's a there's this sort of prevailing thought of, and whether it's the fact that he was injured or that he wasn't nearly he was he was, had a pretty crappy first couple of weeks of the season before he got injured, or the whole you know ongoing Kardashian uh, you know what theory or whatever that is. I think a lot of people forget about how and and I know Ben pointed out the the Tristan issues pretty well in in uh, last week's article, but I think it's really easy to forget how dominant Tristan Thompson can be on the on the glass when he's right when he's on, and there's no reason to believe he won't regain that. I mean, he's still a young guy; he's had plenty of plenty of seasons or, or, or times in his career where he's been that guy, where he's just a rebounding machine. That's the one thing the Cavs haven't had over the win streak, and it's quite frankly been the one thing that's that's gotten them close to losing a game here and there, is, their, the, the, is the rebounding disparity that they have with some of these other teams, because they're letting guys just absolutely dominate them on the glass. Like again, tonight, they gave up 16 rebounds to Jakar Sampson, who's a two-way, on a two-way deal with Sacramento. <laughs> and granted he he played he played tough tonight in, and he was showing out for for his fans because or his family probably because he played a year at St. Vincent St. Mary's before transferring to St. John's. 
but that that's just that's just it. Like you, you, when there are no name guys putting up like monster rebounding numbers against you, look, it's part of it's a a part of, it's sort of a design of playing five out and playing small. But aside from Kevin and the nights when LeBron decides to rebound and and the occasional Jeff Green game, there's not a lot of guys hitting the glass for the Cavs, and that's been a problem for them even during the win streak. So. I, look, I don't think I'm not an advocate that Tristan should come back and start because clearly they found something with Kevin Love playing at the five. But you know, wouldn't be the worst thing necessarily to have him there for the odd game that they play against uh, an Andre Drummond or a you know or a now Horford, someone like that. And also, I do think that there's there's no reason that, that Tristan can't come up with the same sort of chemistry with with Dwayne Wade uh, on the second unit that Dwayne has with with Jeff Green and just be yet another guy that you can you can put in there and play for 15, 20 minutes a night to get your rebounds and and some decent uh, big man perimeter defense when you want because you can still play the switch everything defense with Tristan. It's just makes him it's harder on offense because he's he doesn't draw the gravity away from the from the hoop the way that Kevin does. But to say he's not a guy that can still make a difference on the team, like I know there's a lot of DeAndre Jordan, let's trade for him fans out there, but I mean look, DeAndre is basically Tristan. I mean he he's whoa, with the exception. You were doing great, buddy. You were doing great. With, let me finish with the exception of the uh, of the shot block. In terms of in terms of rebounding and offensive no, game, he's the same it. he's the same guy. What? Oh no way. No way. You can't you tell can me throw you can't tell me DeAndre Jordan's their offensive player. Oh my god. Oh absolutely yes. They called it lobs for a reason man because no one you can throw a lob anywhere and deandre jordan can catch it and down. slam it yes i don't know that i live out here guys i've seen plenty of clipper games where that doesn't happen well you know fortunately <laughs> we are in 2017 even though i'm going to the library to get colombo videos most nba games are televised so i've seen plenty the clippers of clippers are literally on right now and andre jordan is literally playing this second so <laughs> deandre jordan <laughs> All right, we need an alert, so let me know anytime he uh, throws down a lob from us. I will say, just looking at him right now, he is looking a lot thicker than I remember him. He's like he's put on some weight. Uh Uh-oh. Is he going to be Kempified? Not no, nobody's Kempified. I mean, Kempified. He's getting he's getting pretty well destroyed by by Carl Anthony Towns tonight. So and and trade for Towns. I think we figured out our own problem. (laughs) <laughs> think they'll go for it no i'm just saying i i think with the with the uh, grant i mean maybe the salaries aren't that different but i, I i'm not a i think you you it's it's not something that you need uh unless you're looking for i mean maybe a little bit better rim protection from deandre i think that's well, the I, I think it's i think you get the rim protection i think you get the lobs i don't think tristan who's throwing him the lobs no one throws lobs on this team anymore uh Maybe that's because they don't have a deandre jordan tristan Ta- or uh lebron james throws lobs yeah no he doesn't i kind of like to see lebron play with a guy that can jump higher than him because the only year we ever saw that was with um timo fable uh, golf no, 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 no. Jump higher. It was, um, oh, J.J. Sixon. Mario Six- Moon? J.J. Sixon. <laughs> J.J. Sixon. 
And Ooh. that was fun. That was fun. What? J.J. Hickson. Hickson. Yeah, I know. But remember, his nickname was J.J. Sixon because no, he would throw it on all I, those sick dunks. <laughs> I do not Hey, Fred McLeod. I don't think he could jump higher than LeBron. Yeah, could, Jamario yeah. Moon could, but he could literally no, do nothing Hickson else. Hickson could. Hickson could two-footed standstill. He could jump higher than, like, anyone ever. Uh, he I came don't know. In- Look, maybe, I'm, maybe I went too far on the DeAndre Jordan thing, but still, I think Tristan Thompson is still a poor man's. He's still a poor man's DeAndre, and I just don't see the need to, to trade for DeAndre because you'd have to give up. I, I just don't know what you'd give up to, to. You'd have to probably give up the Nets pick to get him. I wouldn't do that. I don't think. I don't. I am with you. I don't think that the. I think he's an upgrade over TT, but I'm not sure he's like that big of an upgrade. I think you could do better things with that pick. So I'm gonna agree. Okay. I'm gonna so, go. Yeah. So another question, uh, quick question. So we're we're kind of winding down. Uh, I asked you so oh. tonight. The guy I like, the guy I think that Cavs should try to get, which I don't think they have the ammunition to do, but I I do think Sacramento is going to be trying to move him. George Hill. Yeah. Yes. I think he would fit in perfectly as a as a bench as a quasi starter slash bench guard for this yeah. team i mean he'd basically be the anti-rose right like yeah. he's not he doesn't put his head down and just try to create he's yeah. a calculated player he's a good defender yeah. he can hit a spot three but he's not going to play outside of you know yeah. what he's good at yeah i i think he'd be a good fit on the Cavs. yeah definitely. the problem is he makes 20 million dollars and that's a that's a lot of money to wow for. that's wild but he's only under contract next year and then the year after that. And next year he makes 19. The year after that, I believe he only has 1 million of it guaranteed. Man, that is steep. Yeah, it is. And you would have to give up a lot to get him. So it probably is not going to happen, but that that's kind of my dream. But, you know, it's an embarrassment of riches right now for the Cavs. So yeah. See, I figured your dream would be that, that Milwaukee would, would do a – a deli for shump swap. I I would love that. I'd love to see Deli back in a Cavs uniform, but I would do a deli for shump swap in a heartbeat. I uh, I would I would give them Ante Zizic as well, you know. Just... For if for no other reason that I don't like Deli is just a I mean, he's smart, you know. Like that's oh, probably yeah. my biggest problem with Shump is I just like what is going on between the ears, man. <laughs> he just does, you know. Something. Crazy yeah. thing sometimes. Yeah. Well, we don't have to worry for at least another six to seven weeks. Yeah. About that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then we haven't even talked about the Derrick Rose situation. Do you think? So I'm uh. going to give you a list of guys. This will be the last segment. We're going to get a list of guys, and you're going to tell me whether <laughs> they finish the season on the Cavaliers. Ooh. Okay. So um, we're going to start out with Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose on the Cavaliers when the season is over. E.G. Um, I'm going to say no. Okay. I don't think he is. I think Derek Rose, I think Derek Rose is either, either retires or they move him at, before the trade deadline. It's a, as a piece of yeah, something else. Trade throw in. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tom. Yeah. My, my gut says he'll be gone just given what's been going on and, and the Cavs don't need him. But then my like brain says no one else is gonna want him, and he's not gonna let eighty million dollars get like washed down the drain, right? No, he's not gonna retire. But what I could see happening 
And that's that Adidas deal. What I, I could just see him getting lumped it because he only makes his cap number is only like a million five this year. He's basically yeah. just an, he's on the vet contract. minimum, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's on the vet minimum. So, and well, maybe Adidas would still honor his contract if he went to play in China. I, I don't know. I think that would be a great move for him at this point. I, I, think he would look he'd be awesome. statue bound in china man oh yeah he would look awesome posterizing chinese guys who would not start on jv high school teams here. who was it who was it that uh marbury got into a little scuffle with last week oh i didn't oh, know with uh with uh the not i always want to say it called tebow but it was like the who was the, the oh sheer, yeah 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 from the guy uh, who played for the from, kings for a while from byu oh. yeah yeah oh uh yeah. Jimmer, the Jimmer for dead. Yeah, yeah. Jimmer. Jimmer, basketball Tebow. Here's what was so funny about that. Basketball so like, all, Tebow. All I did was read the headline, like Marbury and and uh, for dead needed to be separated in the Chinese league. And I know that Marbury, they're building the statue, and he's like the Chinese league Michael Jordan or whatever. So I just assumed, like, oh man, I bet you know for is useless in the Chinese league, and I bet. Marbury really, you know, showed him. <laughs> and, like, Fredette had, like, 50 points in the game, and Marbury had, like, two. <laughs> it's like, man, you picked an interesting game to, like, flex on Jimmer Fredette. <laughs> it's like he completely was the best player yeah. on the court. Well, the and... Chinese league is so weird because you've got all these old NBA guys. You've got some yeah. guys who, you know, could play in Europe, are, are playing in China. And then you've got like half the team is a bunch of Chinese guys that couldn't yeah. start for half the high schools in America. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, my, uh, my wife's cousin married a guy that was a good college player and he actually played in Poland professionally mm-hmm. for a year. And he was telling me that the, in Poland, um, there's like rules that your team at like all times need to have at least three players on the court that are Polish. So he was like, basically, yeah, it doesn't really matter. It's like, you're only going to go as far as like your polls will take you because, <laughs> because it's like, that should it be the subtitle of this podcast. As far as the polls yeah. will take you. Because basically it's like, if three of your five guys have to be, you know, of a certain origin, it doesn't really matter if your other two are superstars. It's like, that's going to be kind of the, you know, the limiting factor. So I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Okay. So, uh, Isaiah Thomas on the team when the season ends. Yes. Yes. From both. No question. I'm going to say no. Whoa. Why? No. Uh, I think he's, he's going to get moved. I think the Cavs will be worse with him on the court and they will look to move him because they're not going to want, somebody's going to want his bird rights to resign him. And the Cavs aren't going to pay him in this offseason. So. They're not going to get anything for him. Well, no, he's going to be a throw-in. He's just going to be a salary. Dude, you and the throw-ins, man. <laughs> yeah. Every I don't, in the league. I don't know, dude. Like, he's that, going to go back to Sacramento. In, you're, throwing in a, you're throwing in a guy who, when healthy, was, was in the MVP conversation last Second year? Second team all-NBA so. last year. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. Well, somebody's got to play devil's advocate. Um, who's, who's the next guy? Um, Tristan Tristan Thompson. Oh, I'm going to go. Oh, sleeper. I'm going. No, I think they're going to try to deal him. 
Yeah. I see. I think they'll, I think they'll, I don't think they're going to be able to find a deal that makes sense, even if they want to get rid of him. But and I, and I don't think they do. I think we are a lot different from the caps management. I don't think they look at it the same way. Yeah. I think and I don't think you're going to find a team that's going to want to pay him 50 million over the next three years. No way. Yeah, that would no be way. He'd be a, he'd be a candidate for probably a stretch payout if they if that still existed. But yeah, does it still exist? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that still exists. It's just uh, you can only do it at the beginning of a season, before the season right. starts. Okay. That's right. So uh, you said Shumpert, Tom. Oh, I'm gonna say uh, Tristan probably is still on. No, I'm gonna say they move him. I'm gonna say they move Tristan. Uh, he's another throw-in for a blockbuster. <laughs> so who are they getting, Nate? Uh, if it's what Paul George, they're getting Zach Randolph. No, I don't know who. They, oh, Paul George. Oh. There's a good name. There's a good name. I'll give you Paul yeah. George. If they're oh, still, no. I, I losing, think they could try to get him. Yeah. If they're a losing team, um, at, uh, the, they at won't the deadline, be, by the way, they're gonna write the ship. Everyone's freaking out. It just it just takes a little bit of time, especially when you got guys like Mello who are like the most inflexible players in the NBA, you know, like Mello just wants to be mellow. Yeah. He does not want to do anything. He's just, you know, and I mean, Westbrook just wants to be Westbrook. And Westbrook and wants to be Westbrook. And Paul, Paul George just wants to be, wants to be Paul, Paul George. George. And that's why that team isn't going to win. They're going to yeah. win. They're not going to win at all, but they're going to figure it out. There's there's a ton of talent there. They'll, you think they're a top four team in the West, Tom? Yeah, I do. By the time it's said all said and done, I'll put them top. Well, let me think. You got the Spurs. Uh, you got yeah, the, the Spurs. It'll be, and you got those the... Will be the those will be the top three. Yeah, Warriors. yeah. Who else is there? I mean, who else is even playing well? Rockets, Warriors, Spurs. Yeah, I know. Who else is playing well? T-Wolves, Blazers, T-Wolves? Nuggets, the T-Wolves Jazz. still playing well? Yes, they yeah. are. Huh. They're blowing out the DeAndre Jordan and the Clippers tonight. What's left of the Clippers' corpse tonight? Yeah. <laughs> well, what does that say about Tristan Thompson, then, since DeAndre Jordan's basically <laughs> just Tristan Thompson? <laughs> okay, so where his were clone, we? His were clone we, can't we even handle the, Tim- the Timberwolves. Yeah, but I, right I, now DeAndre Jordan is the is that team. It's DeAndre oh, guys, Jordan. I got Doc. a story. I got a story. Are we are we done talking? <laughs> I got a story. So we got one more. Uh, Iman Shumpert. Oh gosh, I mean, can we start up a GoFundMe to Garrett? <laughs> the, the by the way, the only thing that probably saved him is the injury because right, exactly no one want if if he was still healthy, I think they could they could work a deal for him, but. That, that's now probably why he elected for surgery. Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, uh, like Mo, like how Mo Williams did. Yeah, exactly. Did like Mo Williams ever come back? Did he play for anybody? No, he didn't play for anybody. He no. just retired. He's straight. Retired, he just right? wanted. I feel play. like I feel like like twenty years from now, or maybe like next year, we're gonna look back and be like, "Wait, Mo Williams was on the championship team." Yeah, exactly. Like, it's gonna be like the weirdest thing to think about, like like Dante Jones. <laughs> And, yes. Uh, oh, and, I forgot he was on the team. And Sasha Khan. <laughs> Sasha Khan. Yeah. Yeah, I've got that great T-shirt with all the caricatures on it. Yeah, and that's gonna be like, only. That's gonna be the only reason I remember. Yeah, and Sasha Khan, his eyes follow you on that T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. All right, can I give okay. my story? Yeah, it's, it's, story it's, and it's basketball. Let's... It's basketball themed. Okay. It, so 
I'm in the office, right? I got, I'm upstairs, but we, we're also our office. We got people downstairs. That's where like a lot of the, you know, people are. So I come down, it's near the end of the day and I see this guy, Kevin, he's like, you know, he's like a, he's like a senior guy at the company and he's a Celtics fan, right? So we're always like ribbing each other. And there's actually surprisingly a whole lot of Celtics fans that like work at my company. So I always just love to, you know, joke about, um, Stevens. And I, I do my best, EG. Like, trust me, I, I, uh, I make sure to, you know, talk about, um, Brad Stevens' playoff winning record of whatever 380 or whatever it is and how he's like the most overrated, you know, coach that's never won anything ever. But anyway, so this guy, Kevin, uh, starts talking about the Cavs or whatever. And he just starts hating on LeBron like randomly. And then, like the owner of the company's there, and apparently he doesn't like LeBron at all. And he played basketball in high school. So these guys are going hard. I mean, they the takes are scalding hot. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. So this other guy there, younger guy there, apparently I think this guy like is on basketball reference more than I am because he has like all these stats just like memorized and ready to go at any time. So he's kind of like appalled at this talk that LeBron's, you know, not that good. And it's it's kind of the it's kind of the typical kind of things you heard about LeBron back in like 2004, which is like, oh, he's just got all this like Shaq like athleticism, but he doesn't work on his craft and all this stuff like super <laughs> decade outdated type takes, you know. And so I'm, I'm just sort of like, yeah, you know, whatever. I mean, I know the drill. I'm not going to get all like, you know, animated about this. I mean, some people are just not going to change their mind. So it's whatever. But then. My boss, like who's a kind of a or my the owner who's kind of, also my boss, who's kind of a quieter guy, he just looks like he's like seething, and then he just finally opens his mouth. He's like, "I just can't believe anyone would ever compare LeBron with Michael Jordan." Like, and I'm thinking, like, I mean, that's fair. I mean, there's people that are just never gonna, you know, take Jordan off the you know the top of the mountain or whatever. But I'm like, okay. But then he makes this comment. He's like, LeBron has had the most talent like I've ever seen any player have to play alongside. And he's like, Jordan played with no one. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, Scotty Pippen, one of the 50 greatest players of all time is no one. And he's like, Pippen was trash. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like, that is the hottest take I have ever heard. That Scotty is, Pippen. That, that is a nuclear hot take. <laughs> nuclear. So then, so then I shouldn't have done this, but I'm just like, all right. So I, I get everyone's attention. I'm like, all right, trivia time. I was like, how many games? Because because the next thing my the owner said after Scotty Pippen was trash was when Jordan retired to play baseball. The Bulls did nothing. And I and I know, because like I've looked this up, that actually that Bulls team won like almost 60 games the next season with some guy playing 3,000 minutes at shooting guard that no one can even remember his name. And I'm just thinking like, yeah, they couldn't beat Shaq, but like they were still pretty good. And so I said, oh, all right, trivia question. How many wins did the Bulls have the year after Jordan retired? And this dude drew... Without even looking it up, immediately belts out like fifty-eight. Like he knew it right offhand, exactly how many wins. So then I just thought, oh man, this is getting like this is getting like we're about to start like crossing lines and hurting feelings. So I, I just kind of let it die out. But then um, we hired this new guy who loves basketball, 
And he organized like a rec basketball game today. And unfortunately I couldn't make, but I told him this story and he was just like stunned. And then he looks at me after like five minutes. He's like, I've sort of lost all respect for this company. <laughs> like, if, the owner, <laughs> if the owner thinks that Scotty Pippen was trash, I'm not sure I could work here. <laughs> so then he invited the owner to um, rec ball and he called him. The, the the subject line was like, you up for a game, Scotty? <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then he said, like, I heard you balled out in high school and that your game's Pippen-esque. <laughs> Man. Yeah, so the takes are a flaming down in Southwest Ohio. <laughs> Just keep your job, dude. I know, man. I, I don't get myself. fired. I gotta watch myself. Yeah, it's like you know they tell you don't talk what politics or religion in the office, but man, the, like, don't don't this, talk bulls versus. Uh, this is about as wait, wait, so wait, just so I have a context for for why your owner's so seeding Matt. Is he from Chicago? Is he a giant Bulls fan? No, he's actually a big Larry Bird fan because he's from Indiana. Weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. He just, I don't know. Some people just don't like LeBron. You know, I get it. I mean, LeBron could be off-putting, and I mean, I can understand. Well, we hated LeBron for three for four years so yeah and i can understand this senate and i said that to them i'm like guys look go back in i mean i read i i wrote a title called why i want lebron to fail forever right like i was no lebron fan i've i've loved them i've hated them and i can i'm just telling you like the dude works on his craft as hard as anyone that's ever played this game and that's just an outdated take that like he just survives with and i and i said that i'm like you know Shaq's a perfect example. Like, imagine what that guy could have done if he kept himself in better shape or, I don't just know. Just practiced free throws in the offseason. Free throws or, you know, figured out anything more than the same one-two drop step, you know. I'm like, LeBron, every year, you know, he improves his game. And, you know, and, and ultimately, like, I, I think it's going to be this simple. Like, we're going to appreciate LeBron more the longer he steps away from the game because – the longer guys are away from the game, you know, the stats and the individual games kind of go away and you're sort of left with like the you're you're left with those vintage signature moments and you're also left with like the archetype. Like Carmelone was like the mailman, right? I don't have yeah. to remember specific games. I remember that he was the finisher on a lot of pick and rolls with always delivered. John Stockton, he scored a lot of points, he delivered and he was a load in the post. LeBron yeah. is going to be remembered as like eight different things. And number one is going to be like, oh, he was like he was like Magic Johnson. He was like the best passer maybe in the history of the game. And that's what he's going to be remembered by. Because or according like, to that article today, he's going to be remembered for that chase down block. Yeah, or chase down block, right. Or dunks, right? Or any yeah. of these things. But when you think back to like, well, what was he like? You're going to just say, well, well, he was just LeBron. And you're going to say like, well, he was he was probably the greatest passer that ever played. And then you're going to be like, huh, that's interesting. And you're, you're going to go, because, like, he also is the NBA's all-time leader in playoff points, could be the yeah. all-time leader in points, could be the all-time leader in, like, playoff or second in playoff wins after Bill he's, Russell. I think I he's, mean, like, 400 points away from 30,000 now. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have all these things that you're going to say, wait, that this guy wasn't just, like, a pure, like, McGrady scorer that played for 20 years? He And it's going to be just kind of mind-numbing. There's going to be no one else... With that combination, it's kind of like I, I 
I refer to the Maddox versus Pedro argument, right? Like, <laughs> if you go back, they they played during the, <clears throat> the same eras. Um, if you go and look back, it's like one guy had like a three-year stretch where maybe he was, that was the greatest three years in, in, in pitching history. And yeah, he had a pretty darn good career too, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Another guy had like a, you know, 10-year stretch where he was elite um, and a, you know, 14-year stretch where he was, you know, really good and won all these gold gloves. It, it, you know, it, it would have been, it would have been, um, or it could become like the Tiger Woods versus Jack Nicklaus argument where it's like, man, for four years, Tiger, just no one ever played golf that way. But then you're going to look back and say, well, who's the GOAT? And you're going to say, well, Nicholas has more majors and all that kind of stuff. LeBron, you could look back and kind of, you could see both. You could be I, like, I don't agree because LeBron and Jordan. You think Jordan's like, best was like just, just a different level? No, no, no. I think they're both, their success in the NBA, the only comparison in other sports is like Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, Maybe Tom Brady. I don't think oh, anyone has like shown unrivaled. as brightly for as long as those two have. Um, like, like that's like Pele. I mean, that's the list. It's probably 10 guys yeah. in sports ever. Yeah. It's not like, you know, Nicholas possibly there. Tiger, how long was he dominant like that? About 15 years? 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, you know, maybe Tiger's he's back that... now, and he's back. <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> maybe Tiger's I mean, in that he... conversation, but I mean, I the way he went out it not doesn't like help his legacy. Did. But no, I mean, I LeBron know. is just—he's otherworldly, and we take it for granted on a nightly basis. I mean, oh yeah, everyone watching a, a game like tonight, how freaking lucky are we that we're sitting here through this thirteen-game win streak and? Like we get to see amazing basketball every night, and LeBron, like I've talked, I talked about it tonight. LeBron loafing through the first half. LeBron at sixty percent, or at you know, yeah, chill mode is still better than twelve of sixteen from the field. Yeah, yeah. still better than yeah, three fourths of the player in the NBA. So yeah, and and so I want to see if you guys agree with me on this. I'm going to make two statements, and you tell me if I need to how I need to adjust my numbers. So I'm going to say. LeBron is right now about 70% of the athlete that he was in his prime. And I'm going to say this is the best he's ever been. Like all around. I think I would, this is. I wouldn't say I think 70. This, I would say 85. I think this is the best LeBron has ever played. And, um, and I think he's about 70% of the athlete he was from 2000. Five to 2011. I'm not going to say that, sir. I'd say he's about 85%. Really? So you don't think there's that big of a difference between? I'd go, I'd go 80 because somebody made a comment the other day saying, like one of the guys, he, I think it was JR or somebody, like, like he, he, he gets up to where he, it used to be where LeBron would go for dunks and he could get like his whole, you'd see the whole like, like jersey number above the rim and now it's like you know now it's just like his shoulders so he probably doesn't jump quite as high you know i mean he doesn't he does still does a chase down blocks but he doesn't do him as regularly as he did you know when he was in his prime but i, I think but you're he's right. also stronger well he's smarter he is, he's way smarter he's stronger and he he um 
he doesn't hesitate. He knows exactly what he wants to do. I mean, I yeah, think yeah. You, you, do you ever notice LeBron used to get called for a decent amount of charges? I don't. I mean, has he been called for a charge this whole season? I don't like think he so. does. He knows exactly what he wants to do, so he doesn't have to go. He doesn't have to run a four three. Oh, yeah, 40. he got called for a charge on uh, because Kent Bazemore slid in front of him in the in the Atlanta game, but that was driven. It wasn't like going for a hoop. Okay. Dude, literally every single time the Cavs play the Hawks, Bazemore should just bow down in front of LeBron. <laughs> he always tries to get like kind of amped up for it. I think Bazemore like, would love to play on this team. Oh, I do to too. It's like he'd love to play with LeBron. I'm sure. I I just yeah. think it's funny because he like tries to psych himself into like, yeah, I can I can deal with LeBron, and it's like, dude, there's a guy on every. By the way, there's a guy on every team that does that. I know, you and know it's what? like That's, just I, you know what just. Why don't you try the other approach? Just like, yes, sir, LeBron, sir. You know, thank you, sir. Thank you for dunking all over my face, sir. Maybe LeBron <laughs> will, like, have mercy on you. Like, stop flexing because in the first quarter, you know, you, like, bodied him up and he happened to miss a long jumper. Like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, but it's more of like a rite of passage. Remember Courtney, Lee? Remember Courtney Lee, like, threw, threw down one dunk past LeBron all those years ago? Oh, remember he, Stanley Johnson two years ago? Yes, 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 Stanley, yeah. Uh, okay, you guys, short are an hour and 50 minutes. <laughs> we need to so wrap much an hour this that. bad boy up. I, I'm sticking with 70%. I don't, I don't think LeBron, it really... You can compare him athletically. Oh and when God. I say athletic, I mean basketball. I mean, like, vertical and, you know, quickness and um, that kind of stuff. I don't necessarily mean, like, strength. Like, he's probably stronger now. He could probably lift more weights than he ever could in his life. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I just – and despite that, his true shooting percentage is a career high right now. Yeah. Well, he's like me at the Y the other night. I was lighting it up. (laughs) Dude, (laughs) I'm going to need to see some video evidence of that. Hey, I'm I'm getting back in shape. Nate's on the comeback trail. I'm like like Isaiah Thomas. All right. (laughs) And and really, I just wanted to say something ridiculous because we got to end this podcast. So, (laughs) all right. Okay. I'm not even going to ask you what you want to pitch. Really? I'm like, okay, EG, do you have something you want to pitch? I do, actually. Um, it's 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 a while in the future, but but it's one of my favorite um, one of my favorite sci-fi series of books that's now been turned into a um, to a, a series that I, I think it's I think it's going to be on HBO. It's called uh, Altered Carbon. Okay. And uh, the 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 teaser trailer for look it up altered carbon the teaser trailer for it dropped this past week. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Like it it looks it looks fantastic. Okay. Altered carbon. Okay. Yeah, cool. it comes out in February, I think, on HBO. Cool. Well, um, I am I have nothing to pitch except uh, I'm excited to see Last Jedi coming out. I'm gonna go see it on oh, yeah. day. Not and, long now. N- not long now, and uh, I I did enjoy Thor, and that was, but that's about all I've seen. So, and and I still have another movie I got to go see. So, uh, uh, I I still got to say go see Roman J Israel. So that's, oh, yeah, that's you on my see list. That movie. Absolutely. So other than that, I have nothing to pitch. No music. No nothing. Um, going to see Sponge and a couple other bands at the Odeon this weekend. So. 
Nice. Uh, yeah, so that's that's on my list, but nothing else. Tom, anything to pitch? I'm not going to yeah, ask man. you for a Rocket League story because we don't I'm have enjoying, that kind of time. I'm enjoying uh, – well, tonight was my last class, so I'm done teaching. Um, it went well. You teach Rocket League? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm um, kidding. But, uh, you know, I'm enjoying Wingo on Golic and Wingo. Oh. Huh. When did that start? Uh, this week? Last, last no, week, was, yeah. No, it was this week, yeah. So this where week, yeah. where's Mike Green now? Greenberg? I don't know. I don't oh. care. Okay. <laughs> I, I, don't know, I, got kind of, I got tired of his stick. I, I don't know. Okay. So did Golik, apparently. I will, yeah, I will I say the Tony Kornheiser podcast is the best sports podcast there is right now. That's my favorite. So. That's um, my pitch. By the way, oh, by the way, like, I can't stand <laughs> them. Like, I just can't. But I was listening to, like, for, like, five seconds in the car, um, uh, Lebetard. And Stu uh, oh, Gatz, and yeah. like I had not realized this. Like, did you guys catch the CNN interview with Lavar Ball talking about like Donald Trump? No, I oh, to hear my gosh. it is a it is golden. Like you have got. I don't know if the video is as good as the audio, but I was like dying in my car. I mean, it is. It is unbelievable. Like, well, you know, I, you heard that Lavar Ball got kicked out of the family room for the Lakers. Um, no. Yes. Yeah, so the Lakers have this <laughs> family room where families of the players are invited to hang out after the game, watch the game, whatever. Well, the problem was he was holding court with like you know a dozen reporters every game, and the other family members just all got fed up. So they they he he has been is he. Is he gonna pull Alonzo from the Lakers now? I don't know. He's gonna homeschool. No, he's you, gonna homeschool him. You've got to listen to this interview because okay. I don't even. I don't even. I'm not gonna be able to even recap it that well. But yeah. essentially, the line of questioning started off something like, "So now that you've had a couple days to like chew on it, as if Levar Ball would, you know, try to discern yeah. the real truth of something." Yeah. The question was like, do you, "You know, do you, now do you feel like you know maybe like." maybe there's a little more nuance that president trump did have something to do with you know your son and everyone like coming back to america and his answer was basically like no and he's like and by the way like guess what i said to like 1600 pennsylvania avenue and then if you're like what and he's like whatever the hell the new lonzo ball shoes are so he claims he set trump lonzo ball shoes <laughs> and then he's like and so then, um, any of you asked, like, well, did you, you know, we can't verify this story. Like, we haven't heard anything. And he's like, oh, he knows he's got him. He's like, and you know what? I bet you right now, he's walking around the White House in those bad boys. <laughs> then, He'd be the only one. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. and then, and then, like, he should just, just charge $2 million for the shoe. And that way, yeah. he only needs to sell, like, two of them. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just keeps going. And then he's like, and I and he's like and so the interview is like well has has the president like you know called you to thank you and he's like no but I bet you right now you know he's gonna he's like walking around wearing those balls and they're so comfortable and he's just singing thank you thank you and he just starts like randomly singing and the interviewer is like that's not a real song. <laughs> wow. Okay. Anyway, I didn't know justice. I didn't. I didn't know justice, but please, please listen to that because yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I. That's like the last thing I would want 
to hear is like what did Le- what some exchange between Trump and Lavar Ball like seriously just end me and, and it was it was so hilarious I was like dying laughing at this interview so say what you want he's a modern day Mike Tyson I mean Lavar Ball I am I'm all in just let just put a mic in front of him as often as you can. And as always, go Cavs. <laughs> go Cavs. Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. Lost And we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.